Welcome to Athens Happens. I'm Ben Peters, Managing Editor at The New Political. Athens Happens is a weekly news podcast brought to you by reporters at TNP who are dedicated to explaining the nuances of Athens and state politics. You can find new episodes every Friday at thenewpolitical.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, SoundCloud, or wherever else podcasts can be downloaded. This week, staff writer Nolan Kramer on how Ohio is working to ensure a safe and secure primary election on March 17th to avoid a debacle similar to the Iowa caucus, which left voters unsure of the victor for weeks following the contest. How are you, Nolan? Um, well, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. So the by the time this goes up, the primary will be on Tuesday. So Correct. Right around the corner. Yeah, come up really soon. Yeah, so I wanted to back up before we talked about Ohio, and I wanted to have you explain what happened in the Iowa caucus, which left the results in a, in, in a state of limbo for a few weeks. So the way a caucus works is they're actually run by each party. Mm-hmm. So each party, the Democratic Party, Republican Party, and all the lesser parties mm-hmm. were uh, each hold their own caucus that are run by party officials and party volunteers. So let's say we're in Iowa. If you're somebody who's pretty active in the party, you can volunteer to go to one of the caucuses and be responsible for noting down results and sending those to the state party that then tabulates them all together and reports them out to the media. So that led to a little bit of confusion and improper training on a new system that they were using, which focused around an app that was developed. Mm -hmm. And so for just of many different reasons, it didn't go to plan. And that was due to both technical issues with the app and then improper training. So a lot of these poll managers that were volunteers said that they didn't receive proper training on how to use this app and what to do if it went down. So in that case, there was a backup plan and they said, we'll keep a phone line open so these volunteers could call in results if they did have a technical problem. Mm -hmm. And that's how things were always done in the past. You just called in. Well, they didn't staff the phones to handle volume for the whole state to have troubles with this new reporting system. So that just led to a large delay in results. And luckily this year in Iowa, they implemented paper uh, ballots that had to be basically recorded down with whoever you vote for each of your different sections during a caucus. Mm -hmm. So the state party then had to go around and collect all those paper data points and tabulate those, a lot of them by hand, and then report out results. So just a week's delay. Yeah. Because we were so used, they were saying that there would be results like almost an hour after uh, caucuses were over, but it just delayed it that much and then go to plan and mm-hmm. kind of was a big stain on the beginning of this caucus and primary season. Yeah. So I Ohio does not do caucuses here. We have primaries. And so I wanted you to just briefly explain the differences between those two uh, contest systems. So one of the big differences is just the way that you're voting. So in a caucus, you all get together at one time and you all divide up by in groups about who you want to support for. Like in person. Yes, as your candidate. Mm -hmm. Like just everybody kind of knows also who you're voting for. And a lot of people don't like caucuses. Some people love them. But you can't, there's not much of a way to like early or absentee vote in a caucus because you have to be there present in person. Mm -hmm. So a primary is different. 
where you just go in on primary day or you can mail in vote, absentee, early vote, and you just go in and cast your vote and they're all tabulated and that percentage is then reported and delegates are awarded up by the amount percentage that each candidate gets. Yeah, so I mean, a voter in Ohio, voting in the primary for them is the same as going and voting for a general election, going to your local gym or local school, walking in and, you know, filling in bubbles on a sheet of paper. Correct. Uh, we don't gather in groups of people to, you know, in, in various polling locations the way that they do in some other states. Correct. Um, so you then went and you spoke with people at the Athens County Board of Elections about what the county and the state are doing to prevent something like a mishap in Iowa where they didn't have results for weeks after. Yeah, so I went to the County Board of Elections over on Court Street. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows it is where Pumpkin yes. hangs out during the day. Yes. And spoke with Debbie Quivy. She's the director at the Board of Elections. Mm -hmm. And asked her just kind of what general security measures are in place for getting votes from precinct locations. So that's your polling place. So for a lot of students, like that's Baker. Mm -hmm. And making sure they get safely to the uh, board of elections on court street and of course for like baker that's just a short distance you drive them right down yeah. court street but of all the results from the entire county so all those small little villages and towns also have to safely get from their in a lot of cases there's just like one precinct to the board of elections so one thing she really stressed is uh, athens is a paper county is what she referred to it as mm -hmm. and that's where instead of like uh, a lot of larger counties in ohio where you vote on uh, what's almost a completely electronic voting machine that's touchscreen, where you'll go through and you'll see each of the candidates and tap and it'll print out like a small paper ballot. Here in Athens, you actually f like bubble in like a Scantron paper ballot. And then the electronic machine just counts what you bubbled in. Mm. Very similar to like a Scantron or in like the grading machine that they would use for that. Okay. And so, uh, those machines are called uh, DS200s. Each one of them has a USB drive that goes into them. And so after you fill out your paper ballot, feed it into the machine, it'll uh, tabulate what's on your ballot and record that onto that USB drive. Hmm. But then that machine also holds on to those paper ballots. And, that, and your paper ballot is the backup if need be. And they would need to start hand counting ballots. Interesting. So uh, on election day, there's a voting location manager called a VLM, and they're a trained election official. So unlike in a caucus where you're looking at volunteers, these are trained election uh, officials by the Board of Elections. And their main job is to make sure everything goes smoothly on election day. And then at, well, as soon as polls close, their job is to make sure that none of the vote totals are tampered with. So the way that that's done is through special bags. So these voting location managers will be given like special vinyl bags. Hmm. Uh, the best way to describe them is they almost kind of look like those pizza delivery bags. Uh, like the, the things that keep pizzas hot? Yes. <laughs> They're kind of like shiny and like yeah. some of them are similar to like that size. Okay. And so there's two separate bags. The USB drives from the machine for the precinct goes in one and then it's locked up. Huh. And then the paper ballots go in another and is locked up. So I, I, can I pause you for a sec? So they have like an enormous bag 
that they put a tiny USB drive in and then lock it. Yeah. Wow. It's a, it's all a big security process. Interesting. Okay. So what happens then? So then those results have to get from the precinct to uh, the board of elections office. And the way that's done is in a two party system. And a lot of things at the board of elections are actually done in a two party system. I mean, you need to have, one Democrat representative and one Republican representative present hmm. to basically handle the ballots or even at the board of elections get into certain rooms. To, to make sure that there's no foul play or Correct. anything like that? because they don't want one party tampering with results at all. Interesting. So for VLM, uh, we have both Democrat and Republican voting location managers. So when they're driving back, because they'll ride a car together, they'll need an additional person along with the ballots who is the opposite party of them. So you need a Republican and a Democrat with the results that are locked up in the same car to get them back to the Board of Elections. Huh. I and mean, so, I mean, some of these people are traveling, you know, 30, 30 minutes right. into Athens to Court Street to drop those things mm-hmm. off. Whereas, like you said, others are walking from Baker. Or do they walk? Do they have to drive? I believe they have to drive. Uh, in November, I believe they drove... Nobody okay. walked up ballots. I think it's just more of a security precaution. I mean, obviously you have pedestrians and other people walking down Court Street. Mm-hmm. So once the ballots and the USB drives get to the Board of Elections, what happens then? They have a secure tabulation room and like very secure, like nobody else except uh, Board of Elections officials are supposed to be in that room. So like not even I have seen this room Okay, that is filled with... Uh, different kinds of computers where they can check results on these USB drives. But also there's some of these DS200 machines there too that'll count uh, anything, anybody who like vote early in Athens and they can tabulate those. And in fact, Debbie Quivy mentioned that some of those are like tabulated now. So like when you go an early vote, it'll be fed through the machine like now. and But they can't look at the results until polls close. Hmm. So... Uh, the USB drives go in, they check the data to make sure that everything seems like it lined up properly. So they'll see how many people vote at the precinct and see how many ballots were cast. And there shouldn't be a discrepancy in those two numbers. Mm-hmm. And if there is, that's when they'll start doing uh, hand counts and just making sure that all the numbers line up and see. She said there's been cases like maybe where a ballot has actually gotten counted twice. And so then they, they need to... Uh, remove any of those discrepancies. So after everything, all those discrepancies are removed and everything's counted and tabulated, they'll send out paper copies of unofficial results on the night of the primary. They'll go to like members of the media, anybody at the Board of Elections waiting for results. And then pretty much unofficial results is all we'll have for uh, on election night. Mm-hmm. And then the next day they'll go and start doing official results which includes things like provisional ballots, which Debbie Quivy said uh, there's a lot of here in Athens because either students think that they're registered to vote and they're not, Mm. or they're registered to vote somewhere else in the state. So not all students move their voter registration down to Athens. Yeah. And they might be confused about where they have to vote. So if a student who's not registered in Athens County shows up to like Baker to vote on primary day, mm-hmm. they'll be required to fill out a provisional ballot because they won't be in the system as an Athens County voter. Mm-hmm. And then those will go back with the ballots at the end of the night to the Board of Elections. 
And then the next day, uh, they'll contact other board of elections th uh, throughout the states. So they have kind of an intertwined network with all the different counties that then can they can talk with each other to see, make sure if the student is actually registered in a county and then make sure that the student didn't vote twice because you mm -hmm. wouldn't want a case where somebody's voting with a mail-in ballot in their home county and then voting down here. Interesting. So they really need to make sure and communicate back and forth. Are there any like special precautions that they're taking this year as opposed to you know last year or any other previous elections? So Secretary of State Frank LaRose, uh, he, towards the summer of 2019, he came up with this new security directive that was really designed not only towards like digital security, but also towards like physical security with ballots. Okay. And just some of the things that they had to do were, if you're like a contractor or anybody that had any impact or was going to be around ballots during the election, you had to go through like a criminal background check. And then they just did general training on making sure that uh, Board of Elections officials were able to recognize any kind of security threat towards the results. Hmm. And that was on top of some counties needed like a new uh, voting machines to count just to ensure that results would be counted accurately. Because there has been cases throughout the state, and I'm sure this primary will be no different, where you'll see some voting machines will like malfunction. Hmm. So it's really just trying to avoid that at all costs, and that's what uh, Secretary LaRose's office was trying to get done. But after uh, the results are counted, the process for the county is uh, each county in the state has been given like a computer that's fiber connected to the Secretary of State. And they are given a single use uh, USB flash drive then. Oh, wow. A lot of USB flash drives in this process. Okay. That the results will be uploaded onto and then plugged into that computer that then transmits them to the Secretary of State's office because the Secretary of State in a primary is responsible for basically looking at all the results from all the counties instead of like a party looking at. So the Democratic Party in Ohio has no like control over receiving that information. Mm -hmm. It's all done through the Secretary of State. But I mean, the Secretary of State is a Republican. I mean, he, is, he does have enough party affiliation. So you do, know, do you know why they chose that particular office? I, it's just kind of how it's always been done. Okay. I mean, obviously, it switches between being a Republican as Secretary of State and Democrat. Yeah. So it's just really not trying to have a party bias. Okay. I mean, that's an important thing, being Secretary of State. Okay. So, so I mean, after the Secretary of State then gets this, this like, you know, lock-tight data, what do they do with it? Do you know? other than count it up in, in independently? I mean, that's counted up, and then that information from the Secretary of State is what will be like given to the different parties to then divide up uh, delegates. Oh, okay. Interesting. So that'll give like the final uh, percentages and total vote numbers for each candidate, and then that'll determine how many delegates they'll be awarded. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, earlier you said that the results that we get mm -hmm. as media 
people on election night are not the official results. They're just kind of like projected results in a sense. In some ways, they're basically all the votes that were cast either like for early voting or any absentee ballots that have like gotten into the Board of Elections by Election Day and then everything that was cast on Election Day. Okay. So those numbers usually just don't include like provisional ballots and those absentee ballots that were like postmarked like the day before Election Day if they haven't gone back to the Board of Elections. So is it possible then for us to get these results and then report numbers that, you know, come two days later isn't the actual outcome of the race yeah, in the if county? You're, if you're looking at a really close race down to – and just a couple votes, mm -hmm. it's very conceivable that the results that we would get would not be uh, totally accurate. And that's why you would see media organizations like not calling a race mm. because you wouldn't have all the numbers. So you wouldn't call for one person and say somebody won. You would have to wait till you had official results. And if you're looking at a case where it's that close anyways, there would be a mandatory recount. Okay, interesting. And that's another thing with uh, the security directive that Frank LaRose put in place yeah. is after uh, after the primary and after the general both, they're going to do a mandatory uh, audit of some of the results in each county to make sure that they line up with the information that they received. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of an extra security measure to make sure that everything has been counted properly. Interesting. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Nolan, that we haven't touched on? Uh, not really, besides that the primary election is uh, March 17th, yeah. and that polls here in Ohio will be open from 6.30 in the morning to 7.30 at night. Awesome. Yeah, go vote. It'll be fun. I'm super excited for election yeah. day. I can't wait. All right, thanks so much, Nolan. We appreciate it. Thank you. And that wraps it up here on Athens Happens. Make sure to tune in every Friday for new episodes that shed light on the politics that impact all of our lives. Remember... You can find the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and on YouTube in a video podcast format. Don't forget to leave us ratings and reviews. Also, be sure to check out our website at thenewpolitical.com, where we regularly report stories on what really happens here in Athens, and follow at The New Political on social media. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend.